134th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How you doing, Roger? Well, it's allergy seasons, but other than that, it's good. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll try to keep the hay fever to a minimum on the uh, on the podcast today. So, Roger, we have a C-band deployment update from Verizon. Can you tell us more? Yeah, you know, in in January they said that they crossed 200 million pops cover with their C-band 5G service, and that they would keep on expanding. They have, you know, expanded in in about a dozen more, two dozens more markets, you know, throughout the country, you know, and then they point to, you know, root metrics saying, you know, that they are the major carrier in 53 metro markets. And I'm sure T-Mobile comes out with their tests that show them are the best and, AT&T shouldn't be far behind. But what's really encouraging is the expansion here of of 5G ultra-wideband, you know, which has really strong speeds that are in the neighborhood of what T-Mobile and, and AT&T are delivering. One of the things that's really notable here that we should talk about is, you know, you see a lot of marketing about 5G, and I think you know there was a lot of hype as as 5G first came out, but there's really a significant difference between mid-band 5G, which is what we're talking about here, and just kind of low-band 5G, correct? Yes, and it's you know hundreds of megabits per second versus tens of megabits per second, and wherever Verizon has mid-band, it it can offer very easily and cheaply. FWA and FWA right now for for Verizon has largely been an urban play, and they've noticeably for us at least been been light in rural because the C band build out was around the big markets, the top forty six markets, plus where they paid the satellite industry more. So this will then spread out. To, to rural parts where offering FWA is a lot more sustainable than FWA on, on mid-band because there you're running out of capacity and you have to throw in millimeter wave and Verizon built like 40,000 millimeter wave sites, right? So... You know, I looked at the numbers and I think Verizon will have no problem hitting the four to five million FWA customers by 2025 that they promised. And that will be quite, you know, the stomach ache for cable. Mm -hmm. And I also think T-Mobile will be able to hit it seven to eight in the same time frame. That's 12 million customers. That's a lot. If they're able to pull this off, I think they, they have a good chance to do this. That will hurt cable at least as much as as cable is hurting the, the wireless carriers right now. So it's going to be interesting of how how this reshuffles the market and how it is hopefully not a, a negative sum game 
where where money leaves the ecosphere and and now it's more and more it's a combined ecosphere right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you you did quite a bit of research on the FCC maps, right? Yeah, so we've been looking at the national broadband maps. So late last year, the FCC released a new version of their broadband coverage maps, and it's it's notable for a couple of reasons. So this is basically to replace the Form 477 reporting, or it takes it takes into account data like that where carriers and and both broadband providers and and wireless providers provide their coverage footprints and what speeds are advertised and offered uh, within that area. Previously, this was based off of census blocks. And census blocks are a little hard to, to work with because they're not uniform in shape or size, and nobody really knows what census block they're in. And so there was a lot of difficulty in terms of you know consumers being able to understand kind of this data, what the FCC moved to is is what's called H three hex bins. It's actually a geospatial schema that was developed in, initially by Uber that uses hexagonal bins at different levels of resolution. So the broadband data, so it's a uniform shape. So and they they they're recursive in the sense that you can go down one level of resolution and you'll have the same shape but more hex bins covering a geography. And so what we've been doing is taking this data, and it's it's huge amounts of data. So I believe at resolution 9, which is where the we're looking at the mobile data, uh, it's you know, 87 million bins in the United States. So it's, it's very, very granular data. And we're in the process of marrying that back to our survey data. So because we have so much sample on the survey side, we can actually match back you know, where folks are from a zip code perspective back to the bins. And so we've been aggregating that bin level data up to zip code because we respondents can tell us their zip code. They usually can't tell us their census block or their hex bin for that matter, right? And the data comes in a couple different flavors, right? So for the national wireless carriers, there's a breakdown of 4G versus 5G. And for each of those, there's a minimum down speed, minimum upload speed, minimum signal in DB, and then we're calculating coverage as well. So what proportion of each zip code is counted as covered by each of the providers. And it's a really different story for 4G, 5G, and it's a really different story for the carriers. And so this this data is vintage as of June 2022. We should get new data soon that we'll ingest as well when the FCC releases it. But it's really kind of a tale of two technologies, right? So on... The 4G side, particularly in terms of speeds, we more or less have ties, 99% of zip codes across the U.S. And so there's effectively network parity. Coverage Verizon wins in roughly half of the zip codes we looked at, and and about 55% of the zip codes, they have the highest minimum signal aggregated up to a zip code level. And so net-net, it's more or less speed parity, and then coverage advantage for Verizon. On the 5G side, it's very, very different. So as you mentioned, you know everybody's building out C-band. And, and at, when this data was released, Verizon was kind of in the midst of rolling out those top 47 or 46 markets or PEAs, partial economic areas. And so you see very heavy concentration for the Verizon data in more urban areas. So they actually win the minimum down 
20, about a quarter of the time, T-Mobile wins it about half the time in terms of download speed. During this time period, T-Mobile also was you know, rolling out their nationwide 2.5 gigahertz spectrum. And so we see that they actually have the highest signal strength in 81% of the zip codes that we looked at. So definitely a signal advantage there. But what's interesting on the coverage side is that you know, AT&T has rolled out 5G you know, across their low band spectrum. So we see they actually have a coverage advantage where they've got the highest percent of these zip codes covered 47% of the time compared to 30% of the time for T-Mobile and about 9% of the time for Verizon. And so you can see the strategies at play here, right? So AT&T going for a coverage, prioritizing coverage, whereas you know T-Mobile really utilizing both low and mid-band spectrum, so the 600 megahertz and the 2.5 gigahertz to get a, a good coverage, uh, a signal layer. So they have the highest signal most of the time. And then Verizon really emphasizing those dense markets and then building out as they get more and more of those C-band licenses active. As of June last year, right? As of June but last still year. still interesting, right? It's still interesting. And we should see new maps coming out. I think the home, like the fixed broadband, We've seen some updated files, right? There's some updates, but I believe the updates that have come through have just been kind of filling in areas where provider broadband providers may have overstated their their coverage. And there's been some some complaints about that. But we should see the data come through in six-month increments is, is the expectation. So the next batch of data will be for December 22, and we should be getting it pretty soon here. Yeah, and then we'll do more crunching. Yep, and at that point, we'll be able to see, you know, how have the networks changed, right? On the broadband side, there's a lot of build-out happening on fiber already with, with AT&T fiber, for example. But also, you know, we'll be able to see, you know, as as Bede's money gets allocated in the future, we'll be able to see those build-outs in flight. Yeah, and how that rolls out and how it will change customer perception and, you know, customer attitudes and customer decisions. Even yep. more so, right? Yep. Yep. So, well, I mean, we're already seeing, based on the data we have on the broadband side, really significant changes in terms of you know, the amount of people that have access to some flavor of, of fixed wireless, right? And so, in a lot of markets where there might have been one or two options prior to fixed wireless, now there's there's two or three, and I think you know we see that in the fixed wireless numbers and the nets coming in in terms of folks having another option and in a lot of cases taking that option for broadband. All right. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today, right? Yep. We'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.